Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. This series began last weekend. Ryan Cathers, our student pastor, taught lesson one. And if you weren't here, did a knockout job teaching on praying first. And I have the privilege today, I titled this lesson, um, The Law of First. And we're going to talk about this law that's in the Bible. It's a principle that's from cover to cover in the Bible. And I want to open up with a story, guys. I love being first. I love being on time, wherever I go. And uh, my wife and I, we've, we've had to work on this. She's coached me. Like, if I'm going to meet someone at a restaurant, I, I'll be there 30 minutes early. And she just looks at me and says, really? You know? And I said, I have a hang-up. Thanks for working with my hang-up. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to improve there. But you know where it really works for me? My favorite airline is Southwest Airlines. You know what's my favorite? No assigned seats. It's first come, first serve. And every seat, every plane is a Boeing 737, and that means they don't have any puddle hoppers at all. And the Boeing 737 is three seats on this row and three on that. So I'm always A. I'm usually A1, A2, A3, and I love it. I get up there. I'm one of the first ones on the plane, and I can pick any seat that I want. And I have a favorite seat, guys. You know what that favorite seat is? Some of you are going to say, why would you want that seat? Looking back at the back of the plane, it's the last row on the left, and I like the window seat. And you might say, why do you want to go to the last row and take the window seat? Well, there's a wall there. There's no seats behind me, so nobody can sneak up on me, right? And no one can stick a knife through my seat and nothing like that, right, like they show in the movies. I'm safe. And then I have complete, I can see everything, so I feel like I have a little bit more control, and I just love that seat. But you know what's really cool? This is a real lesson in psychology. If any of you are majoring in psychology, you need to fly on Southwest because it is fascinating because the A's come on, then the B's come on, and then when you watch the poor C people that were late come on, it's hilarious because the only seats open are the middle ones. Nobody wants to sit in the middle, but just watching the psychology, when people are walking and they get close to someone's seat, some people look away, some people scratch over like this. It's just the funnest thing ever. And I feel bad for the C people, but, but here's the deal. If, if, you, if you're first, you get the better seat. And we're going to find out that when we put God first, this is my big idea for this lesson. If you put God first, you will never be last. And it's the most amazing principle in the Bible. And I'm really excited about teaching this principle to you today because it's absolutely true. True, you'll always have the best seat, so to speak, in whatever area of your life you decide to put God first in because you can choose and pick and choose. And sometimes it takes us a while to put him first in this area. We get it right in this area. But whatever area you put him first in, you're going to notice you'll never be last in that area. God will bless your life like crazy in that particular area of your life. And here's a great verse, Proverbs chapter 3. Take a look at this verse, and it's verse 6. In everything you do, put God first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. So the emphasis here is in every area of your life, everything you do, put God first. What happens if you put God first? Well, he'll direct you. And, you know, it's really complicated sometimes to ask yourself, how do I know what God wants me to do? It doesn't matter what your personality is. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are. If you put him first in any area of your life, 
One way or another, he will always get you to where you need to be. But here's the part I want you to see. He'll crown your efforts with success. Whenever we put him first, he will bring success in that area of our life. And that might be peace. It might be joy. It might be freedom. It might be blessings. But I can promise you, if you put God first, you'll never be last. So here's the theme verse for this series. It's Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Here's how it reads. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So here's the context. The context is, if you read the verses above, Jesus is saying, hey, don't be like godless people are. Everything in their life is just this life. And so they're consumed with meeting their needs, but that's everything. And we do need to go to work. We need to clock in. We need to run our businesses. We have to do that. That's part of life. But here's what Jesus was saying. Make sure you put me first and then do those things. And he's saying, if you put me first, he says, then I'll make sure your life is blessed and I'll add everything you need to your life. And this is true in every area of our life when we put God first. And obviously the word first is pretty simple, right? The word first just simply means prioritize God and his kingdom. Make sure you go do God's things first and then you get the rest of your time to do your things. But I love the word seek. Seek first. This Greek word's an amazing word. It means to seek something out to find it. But it also paints the picture in the Greek language to be consumed with finding something. And we all know what it's like when we're consumed to find something. And the idea that came to my mind was when my kids were young, it doesn't happen now, but when my kids were young and I'd, I'd come home at night and I'd want to turn the TV on and I couldn't find a remote control. And for a guy, that's tough when you can't find your remote. So I, I got onto a seek mission, like this word, I was consumed with finding that remote. So I had my procedures. First thing I did, lifted the pillows off the couch and off the chairs. If I didn't see it there, and then I got on my knees and I looked on the floor to see if it went underneath. Then if I didn't find it there, I took the cushions off the couch and the cushions off the seat. And if I didn't see it there, then I, I did the dreaded thing that none of us wanna do especially when you have kids, I stuck my hand into the furniture and I found Cheerios and sticky food and decaying food. And Gina would clean it regularly, but when you have kids, it's happening every day. And, and I'm consumed. If Gina would call my name, I wouldn't even hear her. I mean, I am so consumed. And she'd say, can't you hear me calling? I go, no, no, I have to find a remote. I, I can't stop till I find a remote because these new flat screens, you, you don't want to get up. They're so hard to figure out how to change the channel. And so I'm in there, gross, 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 oh, gross. Never found any money. And then finally you find... You find that remote, and your hand comes out, has some things on it, but you have your remote, right? That's what consume looks like. And guys, you can understand that. Your wives can understand it because they probably have watched you do it. It's just something that you're consumed with. Well, here's what the Bible's saying. I want you to seek God first, to be consumed with doing everything you can to put them first in every area of your life. Doesn't mean we don't live our life because we have to live our life, but we're making sure he's first in every area. And whenever I teach on something like this, this took me, what I'm about to share with you, took me a decade to learn. It took me an entire decade. So for those of you that are new, I'm gonna catch you up and get you way ahead of where I was. And it, and it goes like this, it's really important. Seeking God's kingdom first isn't a homework assignment. It's a treasure map. 
Some of you might have liked homework, but to me, that's negative. Because, you know, I spent all day in school, and then I had to come home and do more work. So I was never excited about homework. And I think sometimes we can make God that way. Like, you know, we hear we should pray. We hear we should read our Bibles. We hear we should do this for God or do that for God. So we make it like a homework assignment, and we're just checking off boxes. And there's no life in that. But if you can see it for what it is, it's not a homework assignment. It's a treasure map. And I'm not just talking about natural money. I'm talking about the fact when you put God first in any area of your life, you're going to find things in God, understand things, and he's going to change your life forever because you put him first in that area. So I call it a treasure map. It's totally different than a homework assignment. And I love what this verse of scripture says. Listen to this, Matthew 7, verse 8. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. So asking is prayer. It's just general prayer. Father, I pray for this. Father, I pray for that. Knocking is specific prayer. If you study it in the New Testament, knocking means, God, open up a door. I want to share Christ with my neighbor, with my family. Open up a door. Lord, I want to know what your will is for my life. Open up a door. Show me your will. That's those two. We're not teaching on that today, but here's the one we're after. Same word, the one who seeks finds. But here's what's cool. In the Greek language, this verse is in the continuous tense. So if you were to read it in the Amplified, they, 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 they bring it out that way. Here's what it's literally saying. If you keep asking, you'll keep receiving. If you keep knocking, doors will continue to be open. Here's what we're after. If you keep seeking, you'll keep finding. What does that say? That says that we can live our entire lives and never experience all the life, the peace, the joy, the power, the freedom that is in God. It never ends. And so the reason we want to put them first is, man, we'll find things that we never thought we can, would find. We'll see things like we've never understood or thought we could understand those things. So that's why we want to put God first. If you put him first, you'll never, ever be last. So in this first lesson, and in each lesson, I'm gonna, we're going to teach something totally different. So we'll deal with different areas where you can put them first. This first one, I want to deal with putting God first in your finances, all right? Borman, TCI, Warren, listen up real, real close. If you're visiting in any of our campuses today for the first time, last year, 2018, I taught on putting God first in your finances one way or another. I taught on it in the beginning of the year one time, and I taught on it at the end of the year one time. So I, I teach it about twice a year. Some pastors tell me I'm crazy, I should teach it more. But I feel like, you know, twice a year, uh, it's, it's plenty. And I, all I'm trying to do is help people change. So this is not about us getting more money into the church. This is about me teaching you what the Bible says about putting God first so God can bless your finances. And you know what? Living in the valley, I think we need God's intervention sometimes in our finances, right? And so uh, this is the greatest place to watch it work. It works here the same as it would work anywhere else, and it's absolutely amazing. So this is me teaching you to help you. And I want you to know up front, I have no idea what any of you give. I don't know if you give or you don't give. I just don't know. I don't want to know. You know what I look at you, when I look at you, what I want to see? I want to see a Christian or a person that's not a Christian yet that's just as hungry for God. And I just want to help you out. So I don't, I don't care about what you give. But here's what I want to do. I want to help change you and grow you in this area so God's blessings 
and his intervention can help you. Because here's what I learned about God. When we put him first in our finances, he always blesses us above our ability. And some of you, you have super abilities. There's some of you, Borman, Warren, TCI, you guys, you, you're great entrepreneurs, uh, you're, you're brainiacs, and because of that, you're wealthy. And no matter what you do, even without God's help, you're just that gifted. You're always gonna be really well off financially. Now, for the rest of us, that's not true. But listen, if you're one of those people that are supernaturally gifted, you still can use God's help because when you put him first, even when you're supernaturally gifted and you can do, uh, you know, you're an entrepreneur and your business works well or whatever, you're a surgeon, whatever it is, I'm telling you, God will bless you above your ability. And that's what he promises to us. So I want to talk about this as we go on in this message. And I want to begin with one of the uh, first stories. It's actually the first story in the Bible that deals with the law of first and putting God first in our finances. It has to do with Cain and Abel, two brothers, right? They bro both brought an offering to God. It was not an offering for their sin. It was literally a financial offering that they brought to God. God accepted one and God blessed one of them and God didn't accept one of their offerings and he didn't bless them. And there's some just incredible principles and truth here. So I wanna help you out. And one brother was so mad that God didn't help him that he murdered his other brother. So Cain murdered Abel. And it was all over the fact God blessed Abel's life and he didn't bless Cain's life. And Cain was mad and he felt, you know, God was showing favor to Abel. Abel and so he literally ended up murdering his brother. So let's read this text. Let's learn what we can learn about this principle. And here's how it begins. Genesis 4.1. Adam made love to his wife Eve and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Verse two, later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil, both very honorable occupations. And in Bible days, they were agrarian. So this was the majority of what people did. Verse three says this, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Now emphasis here is some, and you'll see why as we go on. He just brought some fruit to the Lord. Listen to the next verse, verse four. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the, notice the word first, the firstborn. He understood the law of first. Cain should have. It says from the firstborn of his flocks. And then it says, the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But look at verse five. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. So let me help you understand this. This just wasn't all in a minute. Time passed. And as time passed, Cain began to see Abel be blessed. He saw that all of his flocks were born really strong and they were all prize winning, you know, sheep and, and whatever else. And, and he's noticing his crops are failing and his crops aren't doing well. And so he's like really mad, as I said earlier, at his brother. And he's mad at God. God, why aren't you blessing my life? Why are you blessing his life? And so he can't figure it out. God's going to help him out. And notice as we read on what's said in verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Verse 7, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So in order to know what's right, that means they had to be instructed. And when you read the book of Genesis, it's so fascinating. I don't know when it ended, but there in the beginning, 
Uh, most scholars believe it was Jesus, you know, the same Jesus that came to die for us, that he literally would, would talk to Adam and Eve and to Cain and Abel, and he literally instructed them. And so they didn't have to hear God here. They didn't have to see him by faith. They literally heard his instructions here, and they're literally having a conversation. God's having a conversation. Isn't that amazing? Having a conversation with Cain right now. And so what he's saying to him is, hey, I taught you what is right. Just do what I taught you. Now, to help you see this more clearly, listen to the Amplified Bible. The Amplified simply amplifies the Hebrew words in this case. And listen to what it says, Genesis 4, 7. If you do well, believing me and doing what is acceptable and pleasing to me, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, but ignore my instructions. In other words, he's saying, I instructed you on how to give an offering. I told you what to do. It's the principle of first. Sin crouches at your door. It desires, its desire is for you to overpower you, but you must master it. Here's all he's saying. You're jealous. You're envious of your brother, but I instructed you on what to do. You're blaming me. You're blaming your brother. You're blaming your circumstances, and your woe is me. And he says, if you would just do what I taught you, I would bless you above your ability. But unfortunately, sin was crouching at the door, he, he gave in to the envy, the anger, and he murdered his brother. First murder recorded in the Bible. It was over an offering. Isn't that, isn't that terrible? It was over an offering. So when we look at this, we can learn this principle of first, and it's a powerful principle. So let me help you out chronologically. Adam and Eve, or, and Cain and Abel, their way here at the beginning, Genesis chapter 4. Then Moses was born, and God gave Moses the law. That's over here, so pretty far apart. And then Jesus was born, and we have the New Covenant, the New Testament. Now, the New Testament tells us that Jesus fulfilled the law, and that is, that's specifically referring to the fact he became the once-and-for-all sacrifice and no longer have to make animal sacrifices for our sins. He fulfilled everything. We're not under the law, but the principles that were recorded in the law that existed here, they exist afterwards. Those principles, it's like gravity. They're always there. So that's why I love the law. I know I'm not under it, but I love the fact that it documented principles. And I want to show you what God taught Cain and Abel. We can know because he's the same yesterday and forever, right? He's always going to teach the same thing. Listen to Malachi 3.6. For I am the Lord. I do not change. That is why you are not already utterly destroyed. For my mercy endures forever. Can we just take a moment, Borman, TCI in here? I think of my life, even as a Christian, I think if it wasn't for the mercy of God, lightning would have struck me. But how many of you are glad for the mercy of God? Can we give it up in all our campuses and say, thank you, God, for your mercy? Oh, I'm thankful for it, and I know you are too. And, and now let's emphasize the first part. God doesn't change. Hebrews 8.13 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So yeah, the law was fulfilled. Jesus became the fulfillment. But the principles, they're always there. And I want to show you the principles that God taught us concerning giving, giving. And it's written in the law. It changed my life. Let me tell you, I, I've, I've been teaching this for 35 years. And something about this lesson when I was putting it together, something I saw in this story, it opened my eyes up and so I saw some things more clearly than I've ever been able to see them. And I really believe God's going to do that for everybody listening. So let's take a look. Exodus chapter 23, verse 19. Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. So if you're a farmer, 
Remember, agrarian society, most people are farmers, raising herds. And notice what he says, I want the first fruits. Do you know what those are? Whatever fruits ripen first, God says, I want you to take the first ripenings and bring them to me. The word first is important. Now, here's what he said. Here's what he taught Abel. He taught that what we just read to Cain. Here's what he taught Abel, Exodus 13, 12. You are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. This is not sin offering. This is just giving God a financial gift. And in the Bible days, this went to the temple. Today, it would be the local church. And you, you help God's work through your local church by, by giving. But then it blesses you as you give. So take a look real quick. Here, here's what Abel did. Verse 4, Genesis 4, 4. We read it already one time. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of, notice, the first fruit, the firstborn of his flocks. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. Remember Cain? He just brought some produce. We don't know what it was. It wasn't the first fruits. Now let me tell you why this is so important. It will change your life forever to understand it. What God was doing is teaching us to put him first in our finances. That's what first fruits, that's what firstborn is. But I want you to think about this. Think it through. The first fruits could be duds. They might be terrible fruit. Or they could be you know, prize-winning fruit that you could sell a lot, sell for a lot of money at the market. We don't know. It could be different every year. But here's what God's saying. I don't care if it's good or bad. I want you to give to me first. I want you to give me your first fruits. That firstborn uh, sheep in this case, it, it, could be, it could be the runt of the litter or it could be a prize-winning sheep that would win blue ribbons, right, and make a lot, of, a lot of money if you sold it at the market. God doesn't care. He doesn't care if it's the runt. Here's what he cares about. He wants us to put him first in our giving. That's what he cares about. And that is a huge difference. That's what's called the law first. So Abel said, I'm going to give this to you. And it could have been a prize winner. It could have been the runt. We don't know. But here's what Cain did. He said, well, something like this. And I'm going to use figs. These figs are about ready to go rotten. I can't really sell them at the marketplace. So let me just give that to God. How does that translate today, guys? How would it translate in modern-day Christianity. Here's how it translates. You come to church, the preacher takes the offering, you open your wallet, you open your purse, and you just look, and you say, what's left over? Oh, I have three ones, I'll give them two, need one, gotta buy a coffee on the way home, right? And, and, or maybe it's a five, maybe it's a 20, and for some of you, a 20 is a lot, but for some of you, a 20 is nothing. And you just say, what's left over after the weekends? and you just throw it in. If you miss three weeks of church, you don't give. If you come back after three weeks, you don't make up for that. You just open up and say, what's there? Can you see that that's what Cain did? That's Cainish, and we want to be Abelish, right? Because Abel, he said, you know what, God, I'm putting you first. So how would we put God first today? It's real simple. We just look at our finances, and we say, God, I'm going to give to you first, and then I'm going to work all my finances out after that. Now, the Bible teaches us tithing, which is giving 10% of our offering. And so if you're visiting Borman TCI Warren, when I first heard about tithing, I nearly passed out. A tenth of your income, I thought, that's insane. My preacher drives too nice a car. I mean, I went through all these things, really upset. 
And the only way you can grow and, and understand something is to find scriptures and read them. Let God, let God show you it's true. Don't just take my word. Let God show you. But Gina and I, we've tithed our entire marriage. I've been tithing since I was six months old in the Lord. I'm, I've been a Christian for over 40 years. And I can tell you, God has blessed my socks off. Not just salary. I'm telling you all kinds of ways that are absolutely amazing. The things that he gives you, the doors that he opens, because when you put them first, there's blessing. But listen, if you're listening and the, thing, the word tithe blows your mind, how can you still put God first? You say, God, I know what you're teaching, but I don't know, I'm not ready for that. I don't have faith for that. And if you don't have faith for it, please don't do it. That, that would be stupid. But here's what you could do. Say, God, I want to work towards that. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you 3% of my income. And I'm going to be consistent, whether I'm in church or not. That's why I love electronic giving. I'm going to be consistent, and I'm going to give you 3%. Someone else might say, I can do 5 And you just say, God, I'm putting you first, and then everything else is after that. So now, all of a sudden, you're not coming in and being Cain-ish. You're saying, God, I want to be like Abel. And then here's what God promises you. I will bless you like you can't believe. And that's what he'll do. Let's, let's read. I want to read. Old and New Testament here. here here's, here's an Old Testament, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth. So whenever we say, God, I'm putting you first, there's an honoring of the Lord. And with the first fruits, again, agrarian society, the first fruits of all your crops, now we know what that is. That's what God caught, taught Cain, and he didn't, he didn't walk in that principle. Verse 10, then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Again, that doesn't make sense to us. Today it would be, I'll bless your finances. I'll bless everything you do. I'll open doors of opportunity. I'll give you deals that save you money. I will bless you if you put me first. And that's what the Bible is teaching us. But the New Testament teaches us that too. So when my kids were young, I taught my kids about tithing. And it wasn't because I, I, you know, I thought it was going to help the church. They, you know, when, when they had their first part-time jobs, they it wasn't going to make a difference whether they gave here or not, right? I wanted to help them. It was all about helping them. And I taught them, guys, whatever you make. I even did it. I said, when someone gives you a cash gift, let, let's give a tithe to the Lord. So they'd bring it to children's church and they'd give a tithe. of whatever, whatever they made, whatever they did, they did it when they were teenagers and had their part-time jobs, working at Dairy Queen, Shoe Carnival, wherever else it was, you know, they, they brought a tithe to the Lord. And they could stand up and tell you they've watched God bless them above their abilities. And that's what God does for each and every one of us. So let's look at a New Testament. Uh, 2 Corinthians is where we're going to go. Now, chapters 8 and 9, 2 Corinthians, 100%, 100% about giving. Paul's receiving an offering. He's receiving an offering for the poor Jewish people, the Jewish people in Jerusalem, the Christians, they were going through a famine. So he came to this church in Corinth and said, hey, I'd like you to help them. And it's really fascinating uh, what he said in chapter 8. He said, you guys shocked me on how you gave because you didn't just do what I said. You first gave yourself to the Lord. And that's really the most important thing. And then he said, and then you gave in the offering. And he said, that was amazing. So now he's winding up his little bit of teaching. And he says this in 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But remember this. If you give a little, you will get a little. There's always harvest that comes when you give, but I don't want this to turn into giving to get, so I'm very cautious. That's a fine line. I don't want it to sound that way. But he says, if you give a little, you will get a little. A farmer who plants just a few seeds will get only a small crop, but if he plants much, he will reap much. There's always harvest. God will, God's able to bless us 
when we give. And by the way, God still loved Cain, even though he couldn't bless him. He loved them the same as he loved Abel. He loves you whether you put him first in your finances or not. He's just trying to help you out. Now, I love verse 7. Listen to this. Everyone must make up his own mind. That's true with you know, your percentage, your tithe, or it's true with a special offering. Everyone must make up his own mind as to how much he should give. And I love this. Don't force anyone to give more than he really wants to. This is for preachers. So what is he saying to me as a preacher? He's saying, Joe, don't use the scriptures to manipulate people. And even if I tried to do it, I'm so bad at manipulating people that I couldn't do it. Uh, so I go with being authentic and real, right? I just teach the Bible. I'll never receive an offering after I teach on a subject like this because I don't want anybody to give above their ability. I don't want them to give quickly, being motivated to give. I could tell you story after story the last 35 years of our people watching someone on TV and then they give a thousand bucks or 500 bucks with, with this preacher manipulating them. And then they come crying saying, that was for my washer and I can't buy a washer now. And I'm like, oh man, I feel so bad. So that's why I bring subjects up like this so it never happens to anybody listening, right? He's telling me, Joe, don't do that. But listen, listen, as we read on, it says for cheerful givers are the one God's prizes. What's a cheerful giver? It's someone that says, God, I love you so much. I'm so thankful for what my church is doing, connecting the city with God. I realize this is an expression of your kingdom on the earth. This is where I'm connected. And God, I want to put you first in my finances, and I want to help this church do what you've called it to do, reach more people. And when you do that, and you're doing it because you love God, he prizes you. And I, love to, I just love to think about what that's saying. He prizes you. That's what he looked at Abel, and he prized what Abel was doing. He, he was happy about it. He said, this is the way it needs to be. And then listen to when we give God first with the right attitude. Listen to the next verse, verse 8. God is able to make it up to you. That means what you give, he will, he will bring it back into your life one way or another by giving you everything you need. He'll meet every need. Isn't that what Jesus said? Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added. And more so, that means extra, that there will not only be enough for your own needs, but plenty left over to give joyfully to others. And here's his promise. We saw it in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. You put God first, you'll never be last. And I've watched this in so many people's lives. A couple years ago, my wife came to me, and we're already tithing, giving above the tithe. We've done it our entire marriage. But she said, Joe, I know we're giving everything we can give, and, and I watch God bless us. But she said, I have it on my heart to give to some people that have needs. And she said, I want to take it out of my clothing budget. So, you know, we went through Financial Peace University, Dave Ramsey. So we budget everything. It's not big budget, but she has this budget for her clothing, right? She said, I just want to give out of that to people that have needs. She said, I just want to let you know I'm doing it. I said, honey, I'm blown away. I'm blessed by it. But that was the most amazing year. I was glad I was Gina's husband that year because as she gave to other people, I saw, I saw blessings and money come in that blew my mind. And it was from sources that were mind-blowing. But what was happening, she, she was just giving out of her heart. And whenever you give out of your heart, there's blessings that will come with it. So here's how I'm going to close out, all right? This is between you and God. Not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get an offering for the church. This is between you and God. This is about you making a decision to put God first. And here's what I love about teaching. This is so cool. You guys are awesome. I know Boardman is the same way, TCI. I can just tell you're listening. 
Uh, I can tell you're not daydreaming. I can t- you're not falling asleep. You're hearing what the Word of God says. And I know the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts. And I know there's going to be some changes made this weekend that will change some of you forever. I know there's some of you that are, you have put God first, and I know I'm putting some faith in you through the scriptures to where you're gonna begin to expect God to do what he promised you to do. Let's close our eyes, let's bow our heads, let's pray. Borman, TCI, Warren, let's do that, man. So as heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I just want you, if God's been dealing with your heart, I just want you to say yes to God. God, I'm gonna figure it out this week. I'm going to put you first. I just want you to make that commitment to him. I'm going to put you first in my finances. You might have to say, God, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to look it over. But I ask you to give me wisdom and give give me an idea of how how do I do that? How does that look for me, Lord, as I begin to put you first in my finances? So I know in TCI Boardman, Warren, I know God's ministering life to hearts. And I'm going to allow him to keep doing that. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you walked in here today and you said, preacher, I wasn't happy when I heard you're going to preach on money, but you did a good job. And, and God's been made more real to me than, than ever. And with heads bowed, eyes closed, maybe you're saying, you know what? I'm hungry for more of God. Maybe you walked in not being sure if God existed. Maybe you walked in feeling like God's so far away. Uh, maybe you walked in thinking, you know, God, I'm, I'm not sure about anything about you. But because you've been in this place, God's presence always shows up when we worship, when we teach the Bible. Your heart's open right now. Here's what Jesus said. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to heaven unless they go through me, Jesus. He said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. So right now, I'm not asking you to join a church or religion. Here's what I'm asking. Have you ever made it personal with Jesus? Those of you streaming online, have you ever made it personal with Jesus? And if you haven't, why not now? He said, if you call on my name, I'll save you. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you say, I'm ready, would you pray with me right now? The rest of us, can we help him pray? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I need a savior. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God, that you died for my sins, that God raised you up out of the grave, and you're the Savior. And this day, I receive you as my Savior and make a decision to follow you. Amen. Now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen up, listen up. You might not have felt anything, but if you truly prayed that prayer and meant it, a miracle's happened in your life. It's absolutely amazing. Your sins were washed away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. Heaven's your future home. God's your Father. May not have felt it, but it happened. You can't hear this, but you know what's happening in heaven right now? The Bible says if one person on planet Earth accepts Christ as their Savior, that God himself and all of heaven celebrates. So they're celebrating up there. They're so excited. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers the Connecting Place on Facebook. 
the best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.